Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host today, Justin Skullrude, coming at you with the second half matchups for your week eight in fantasy football, also covering my take on the Thursday night football game. There's a ton of there's not a ton of news uh, to go over this week. Outside of A.J. Bouye injuring himself in practice yesterday with an ankle, uh, may not play against the Eagles in London. Um, but first, before we get too much further into the episode, hit that subscribe button uh, so that you're up to date on all the information that comes out from our podcast. If you do, send us a screenshot through social media, and you'll be entered into a drawing that could win you $100 cash. That's right, $100 just in time for Christmas. You can follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash SkullKingFootball, or you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SkullKingFantasyFootball. So on to the Thursday night game. What a game uh, Thursday night for the Texans as they win their fifth straight game and are on top of the AFC South standings. Sean Watson explodes for five TD passes in this game. He only throws for 239 yards, but he does throw more TDs than incomplete passes this week, going 16 for 20 with five touchdown passes um, and goes a second game in a row without an interception after starting the season with six consecutive games with an INT. Watson looks to be returning to his 2017 form, and I'm excited to see what he can do next week to keep this ball rolling against a struggling Broncos defense. On to Lamar Miller, who had a back-to-back 100-yard rushing game this week with 133 yards and a touchdown. Um, This is something that he has not done since 2015, which he was ironically playing for the Dolphins at the time. The other ironic part is that the second of those 100-yard games that season was against Houston. I find it very interesting, but I also think that it's not likely to happen again for a third week in a row. It's something that has happened very rarely in Lamar Miller's career. Um, in, in general, it's hard for a running back to go three consecutive games with 100 yards. Um, Miller owner should be excited. He is currently on pace to get to 1,000 yards this season. Even with Dante Foreman coming back, I think the way Miller is playing, they'll keep Foreman... Uh, resting as long as possible. Foreman's playing very, very, or sorry, Miller's playing very, very well uh, here over the last couple of weeks, which should make those Lamar Miller owners uh, very, very happy uh, and ease some of those nerves as he was struggling to get to 100 yards uh, before the last couple of weeks. DeAndre Hopkins has a great game as well. Gets only six catches, 82 yards, but he does get two touchdowns. Uh, And if you watch this game, Hopkins showed you why he's an elite talent um, and why I had him as my number one ride receiver for the season. Uh, There's a play where he reaches uh, back behind him 
Uh, Watson kind of threw the ball a little bit behind him, um, but he reached back, high points the ball, comes down and pins the leg under his, or pins the ball under his leg on his hamstring. Um, but the ball gets called back uh, on a ticky-tack offensive pass interference call, which to me wasn't pass interference because he wasn't doing anything the defender wasn't doing. Um, plus, he didn't do anything to give himself a distinct advantage to catch the ball. But amazing catch. Kind of goes back to that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. catch from a couple of years ago. DeAndre Hopkins, he's known to have the strongest hands in the game. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is proving those who drafted him to be correct as he continues the top five wide receiver uh, before this game. This game should continue to vault him up those standings. I don't think he catches Adam Thielen yet, but DeAndre Hopkins is one of those few uh, wide receivers that I think could catch Adam Thielen before the season's done. Um, in a little bit of uh, some sad news, or, or not sad news, nothing's been official yet, uh, Will Fuller did have five catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown on a 70-plus yard uh, touchdown catch. But he went down late in the game grabbing his knee. Uh, the San Diego Union Tribune has already posted that it is likely that he tore his ACL uh, on how his knee buckled during the play. Nothing has been confirmed yet. Uh, we're recording this episode Thursday night. So nothing has been confirmed yet after the game. Uh, I'm sure there will be an MRI scheduled for Friday. Um, knowing Will Fuller's injury history that dates all the way back to his time in college, it doesn't look good, at least for next week. Um, hopefully it's not a tear. Hopefully it's just some sort of a tweak or a strain. If it is a tear, he's done for the season. If it is just a strain, could be out uh, next week, and then they have their bye week in week 10, could be back in week 11 for those matchups. Uh, on the Dolphins side of things, really there's only two positive things to talk about in this game. Um, Kenyon Drake had two touchdowns, but is, is completely volatile in his usage. Once again, he's still he's trending back to what most people projected him to be at at the beginning of the season. So that is a solid uh, play and a good thing. Devontae Parker also himself had a game in the first game that he's been allowed to play since week three, going for six catches and 134 yards. Mark my words, if the Dolphins want to have a shot at becoming a playoff team this season, currently sitting at four and four, if they want a shot at a wild card spot, they need to rely on Devontae Parker. Albert Wilson's gone. Uh, Parker is by far the most talented receiver on the roster. New England is going to win the division. The way they're playing, it's not even close. They're going to win the division. The Dolphins' best shot is a wild card position, and they need to start winning games. They need to start getting balanced on offense in throwing the ball. How they do that is relying on Devontae Parker, a little less of the gimmick plays where wide receivers are throwing touchdowns, but they need to get back Tannehill, and Devontae Parker needs to be involved in this offense if they have any shot at the playoffs this year. Now on to the matchups. Starting with the Redskins versus the Giants. Um, I really don't like either quarterback in this game. I do like Alex Smith a little bit more than Eli Manning as the Redskins have been playing better defense and have been playing solid defense all season outside of that Saints game with Drew Brees uh, going for the records for for total yards. Um, even with that, I'm not looking to start Alex Smith unless you're in a 14-team league. He doesn't really have a lot of receiving options right now outside of Jordan Reed. Um, Eli, 
the the New York Giants are struggling. I think they're giving up on the season based off of how they're trading players away. I think they're trying to get as many picks. They're trying to uh, replicate the Raiders and the Browns at this point. In you know you're not going to do well. Sell some stuff get some better players for next year. They need to get a quarterback because Eli Manning does not have it really anymore. Um, but um, we'll get back to the Redskins side of things. Uh, Adrian Peterson should have a great game against the Giants, who are currently 23rd against the running back position in fantasy. Peterson was limited in a Thursday's practice, but they're trying to get him as much rest as possible. Um, Damon Harris was traded by the Giants to Detroit. So there should be more running lanes up the middle for Peterson to run through. Um, Chris Peters, Chris Thompson, excuse me, uh, uh, his status is still up in the air this week. And if you have to ask me, I think he's out. He's been out the last two weeks uh, and is still limited in practice. That doesn't really bode well, in my opinion, for his likelihood to play. If you're out for two weeks and then you get a full practice in, maybe I feel more comfortable in – uh, in starting, uh, but I'm just not confident he plays. I'd look at some other options, but still pay attention. If he plays, the way the Giants are folding at this point, I would look to play him, uh, depending on the rest of your bench, obviously. Um, but right now, I'd keep him on your bench and then see how things pan out over the weekend. Uh, as for receivers on the Washington side, I'm not really confident in starting any Redskins receiver. Yes, Eli Apple was traded. Uh, and Janoris Jenkins has struggled all season. Um, but none of the Redskins receivers are in the top 50. Let me repeat that. None of the Redskins receivers are in the top 50 for fantasy football production this year. So I'm not confident in starting any of them. Jordan Reed, I do have as a top 10 tight end this week. And he is the only pass catcher I feel even remotely comfortable starting in Washington. On uh, on the New York Giants side, obviously you're going to be starting Saquon Barkley. The Redskins are solid against the run. They they held Ezekiel Elliott to one of his lowest games of his career. Um, but Saquon Barkley is more involved in the passing game and is a little bit more versatile um, and a more well-rounded back. So I think Saquon Barkley will do better than what Ezekiel Elliott did last week. Um, but I think he has a little bit of a down game from his normal pace of points so far this year. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., look, I don't think there's a way that you don't start the number six wide receiver in fantasy football. You've got to play him. I know he's a head case. I know that Eli Manning has not played consistently all year, and I know that Washington is playing good defense. But you have to start Odell Beckham Jr. Sterling Shepard, I think you still have to start as well because um, – it's quite possible that the Redskins jump out early in a run game and the Giants are still going to have to throw the ball. So look for this offense to still be uh, really utilized so far in this game. Now, when it comes to the tight end, I do like Evan Ingram this week. Um, the problem is that the Giants offense and the Giants in general are just struggling too much. Um, I have Evan Ingram uh, outside of the top 12 for this week. So there are tight ends that I do like better. Uh, I do like uh, Kyle Rudolph better. I like Vance McDonald better. Rob Gronkowski, CJ Uzuma, I do like better this week. Uh, once again, Eagles offense just too inconsistent, and I think he's struggling too much right now 
to really trust too much production coming out of the Giants offense outside of Saquon Barkley. Um, on to the Browns versus the Steelers. Um, I actually dropped Baker this week in my rankings a little bit more than I thought I was going to um, based off of last week's performance against uh, Tampa Bay. Once again, Tampa Bay coming off the bye, uh, or, or not coming off the bye, but after firing um, defensive coordinator Mike Smith, played well in that galvanized game that I was talking about earlier in the week. Um, the Steelers are the 29th uh, defense against the pass. Uh, but once again, they're coming off their bye uh, and are well-rested and are playing at home, which they always play better at home outside of that Chiefs game where Pat Mahomes just lit them on fire for six touchdowns. The Steelers' defense is only giving up an average of 18.8 points to quarterbacks over the last three games, which is much improved. Uh, and so I like um, I like Bayfer, Baker Mayfield really only as a potential streaming option if you had Matt Ryan or – uh, or Phillip Rivers as your starting quarterback, unless you're in a deeper league or to quarterback league. Um, I think there's better options to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I personally would feel more comfortable in a streaming setting with someone like CJ Bethard. I do have Bethard ranked lower, but I think the opportunity is higher um, because he threw for 350 yards last time against um, the 49ers or sorry, against uh, Arizona. And so I, th I think the, the possibility is there potentially for C.J. Bethard with the relationship he has, has with Kittle and with, with Goodwin. I think the potential is there, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, on Back to the Steelers and Browns. Nick Chubb uh, struggled against Tampa Bay early last week um, and then really did well in the fourth quarter uh, of that game, getting the touchdown. But I think he's going to con continue to struggle this week against the Steelers. They are second best, the second-best defense against the running back position this year in fantasy football. Um, they don't give up a ton of rushing yards. Um, the damage against the Steelers really comes in the passing game. Um, so I think uh, Duke Johnson could be uh, potentially uh, a good option in the passing game. Uh, I think Nick Chubb will struggle, may get uh, a goal line touchdown uh, as, as the Browns should be able to move the ball pretty well through the air. Uh, but I think Nick Chubb may struggle uh, in the running game. Jarvis Landry should have a solid game that resembles week one against the Steelers uh, when he caught seven passes for 100 yards. His chemistry with Baker Mayfield needs to continue to grow. Um, but I think that he can have uh, another good game like he did last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, Ninjoku should also have another good game. Um, Steelers are 30th against tight ends. They've only given up three TDs, but they give up a ton of yards. Uh, Vance McDonald, or sorry, not Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper put up a ton of yards against them a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I really like Ninjoku right now. He's been great since Baker Mayfield got involved in the offense and starts looking towards him. Uh, on the other side of the ball, talking about the Steelers, I really like Big Ben. Uh, this week, as it's a home game, uh, Big Ben is notorious for playing much better at home than he does on the road. Um, but according to StatRound, over the last eight home games against the Browns, he has a quarterback rating of 104.9, which is huge. Uh, a total of 15 touchdowns and 2,100 passing yards against Cleveland over the last eight home games. And so um, 
I look for him to have another big game this week. He's my quarterback six this week. There are a couple quarterbacks that I like a little bit better, but Ben Roethlisberger at home should be a good start. James Conner has at least one more week without Bell. Um, Should have another huge game. He had 192 total yards and two touchdowns in week one against the Browns. Once again, it was a reigning game, so it was a little bit more geared towards the running game anyway. Uh, But he should have a similar game, probably around 120 total yards and at least one score against the Browns. The Browns are also uh, 21st in fantasy against the pass, so Juju um, and Antonio Brown should have solid games as well, especially in PPR. I like Vance McDonald this week um, as well. I have him as tight end 13. That's really more because of the volatility of his production. He's had two 20-plus point games, but then all of his other games are in single digits. So I like the potential, but from a consistency standpoint, there are better tight ends out there uh, to look at. Now on to uh, Indianapolis versus Oakland. Um, There is no hotter quarterback over the last four weeks than Andrew Luck. 15 touchdown passes uh, is an incredible mark. Four, 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 and three over the last four weeks. uh, They've had to throw the ball, and all of that production has come without, except for last week, has come without Jack Doyle or T.Y. Hilton. He gets Hilton back last week through two touchdown passes to him. Marlon Mack is back. And, uh, and has balanced out the offense. I would not consider the Colts out. They need a win this week against Oakland, which I think they should have no problem doing. But if they're going to get into the playoffs, they need to start tearing off some wins here. Uh, and I think they do a very good job of that against Oakland. Oakland has struggled on defense all year. They don't put pressure on the quarterback. So Andrew Luck should have another big game. Marlon Mack did not practice uh, on Thursday with an ankle injury. So... I don't think it's anything that will keep him out of the game against Oakland, but continue to monitor it. Monitor it If he doesn't play, huge boost for Naheem Hines. Um, with Mack in the roster, Naheem Hines takes a huge hit in production as Marlon Mack has proved the ability to run and catch the ball out of the backfield. T.Y. Hilton should have another solid good game. They will probably test Oakland a little bit deeper with T.Y. Hilton this, this next week. Very likely that he gets a 100-yard passing game this week. Eric Ebron, still a top-four tight end for me. Last week against the Bills was more about the game script than anything else, but I do like Eric Ebron this week. I also like Jared Cook. Um, He's been a top-five tight end all season, and I like his potential for this week against the Colts. Jordy Nelson uh, is probably the biggest benefactor of Amari Cooper being traded over to Dallas. I'm not. I'm still not sold on Martavis Bryant in this offense. I know that Amari Cooper um, runs similar routes to Martavis Bryant, uh, but I like the consistency that Jordy Nelson brings to the table. The veteran leadership he can bring to the table as well. Uh, in the running back position, I know that Gruden said that Doug Martin uh, is ready for a full workload at the running back position. I don't buy it. I still believe and will still contend that Jalen Richard is the running back to own in Oakland because he's already been productive this year. Once again, four double-digit games so far this season in PPR. He's already been utilized. He will still continue to be the pass-catching pass back 
if they continue to give him, if they start to give him the ball a little bit more, I see Jalen Rashard as the clear cut back to own. Doug Martin has been a pass catching back in the past with Tampa Bay. It's something he did in college at Boise State. Um, but I just, if, if you couldn't beat out an aging Marshawn Lynch, I have a hard time believing that you will be uh, very productive uh, for this Oakland offense. Uh, moving on to San Francisco uh, versus Arizona. This game is really just a battle to see who's going to be last place in the NFC West. Um, my money is on the Arizona Cardinals being last place in this game. But I do like the upside uh, of Arizona this week. 49ers are a much better defense than Arizona, but Byron Leftwitz, Leftwich, excuse me, is now the offensive coordinator at Arizona uh, who wants to get Larry Fitzgerald more involved. So that's something that Larry Fitzgerald owners, um, if you've been patient enough to hold on to him this long, uh, I think he is a good start this week, much like when I talked about Tampa Bay uh, the week before, and then it actually happened, having a much better defense um, after firing Mike Smith. Um, when the new guy comes in, they generally band together, play well. I think you'll see something similar from Arizona uh, this week. And, but it's not hard to imagine that they'll be better. They've been absolutely horrible all season. I like David Johnson. I like Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk, I feel okay about. Um, I'm not starting Josh Rosen at all. I, I have him like 25th quarterback this week. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, C.J. Beathard, I think, is a sneaky play and streaming option if you have Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan as your quarterback. He threw for 350 yards last time against Arizona. Could potentially do it again this week. Uh, when he threw for 350 yards, he did not have Marquise Goodwin, um, who's really the only pass catcher from the 49ers that I am even remotely interested in starting. Um, I have Goodwin as a flex play. Um, at best, wide receiver three, depending on the depth of your league. Um, Matt Breida needs to sit out a week, in my opinion, if he's ever going to be healthy this year. Uh, I like Raheem Mostert to be the lead running back this week as long as they hold Matt Breida out. Obviously, if Breida gets the start, he's going to be the guy to own. But right now, it is not clear uh, as to the intentions of Matt Breida for this week. So really, all three of them, between Breida, Mostert, and, and Morris, are kind of a, a three-headed monster. I would give obvious number one is Breida. Obvious number two is Mostert. And Morris is really taking a back seat right now in this offense, as I think Shanahan has seen the writing on the wall. So I think they're playing for next year. So they're wanting to develop that younger talent. Morris is, is a veteran, um, not the future of the franchise. So I think they're going to be more involved with Brita and Mostert. Uh, and then Kittle, obvious start. I have him as tight end number four this week. Once again, Arizona has been horrible on defense. Um, their best player in Peterson was trying to get out of Dodge. Um, but because Arizona is not going to be trading one of their best defensive or the, their best defensive player, um, and not a lot of teams are going to be interested in um, an aging corner, although he is still very, very good. Um, I think the, the cost is going to be too much for some other teams, and I don't think uh, the reason why they're not going to be trading him is Arizona is not going to get back what they want uh, for Peterson services. Uh, and then moving on to Green Bay 
versus the Rams. I think this is a playoff preview, potentially, um, as I still like the Packers to win the division. I like the Rams to be the number one seed out of the NFC. Uh, you're going to start Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yes, the Rams have been uh, really good on defense this year, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. You're going to start your studs. Um, I think the key for this game, for the Packers to win, is to bring a more balanced attack. Obviously, I'm not expecting a ton out of Aaron Jones because Donald and Sue up the middle, um, but you have to stay balanced. If you go one-dimensional, um, any defense can stop you. And so I like Aaron Rodgers in this game to put up some points. Devontae Adams is right now the number five wide receiver in fantasy, so obviously you're starting him. Geronimo Allison is still uh, kind of day-to-day or um, remained limited at practice on Thursday. If he plays, he is, to me, the obvious number two. Randall Cobb could also be back for this game. Uh, Scantling and Equiminia St. Brown have been solid in uh, kind of the, the, the time period since Allison and Cobb's injuries, but I still like Geronimo Allison to clear, clearly be the number two in this offense. Um, and I think Devontae Adams should have a good game. Allison should have a good game as well. Jimmy Graham. I still don't know what to do with Jimmy Graham. Um, right now, I think he's he's tight end number eight. Let me double check that really fast. Um, right now, uh, tight end number 11. Yeah, tight end number 11. I had him outside the top 12 for the full season. Uh, he's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Um, he's been averaging and consistently putting up 10 points per game over the last couple of weeks. Um, Buffalo is where he got his sole touchdown for the season. He's been averaging five or six catches the last couple of weeks and around 80 yards. I don't think he gets that this week. Um, yes, I believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball, but with Allison back and with Cobb back, those are going to be the receivers. Once again, I've been talking about this during the, all of offseason. I just don't believe that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers uses tight ends effectively and hasn't done it for a number of years. So I was always uh, caught off guard by Jimmy Graham's signing. I personally think Jimmy Graham finishes outside the top 10 minimum for the season, which he is trending to do so already. On the other side of the ball, Jared Goff, I'm perfectly fine starting. Uh, Green Bay has given up points uh, all season. Uh, Todd Gurley, obvious auto start. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. I like Cooks more than Woods this week, but I, I believe I have them 10 and 11. So in the grand scheme of things, it, they're basically the same. Um, but I believe that this game will will be, will beat the over. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but I think it'll beat the over. The Rams have given up some points over the last couple of weeks. Seattle put up, I think, 30 points on them. Uh, Seattle is playing much better over the last couple of weeks, but um, the Rams' defense has struggled a little bit due to a couple of injuries at the cornerback position. Peters has not been the shutdown corner that he has been in the past at Kansas City. Um, so I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. To me, you play the players that you have in this game, um, and, and you see how the dice falls. Uh, moving on to another uh, potential playoff matchup in New Orleans and Minnesota. This is a replay 
uh, of I think it was called the, the Minnesota Miracle with Stefan Diggs getting the 60-plus-yard touchdown catch uh, that ended New Orleans Saints' season last year. Um, Minnesota is playing well over the last three games. New Orleans Saints are 3-0 and on the road. I really don't know who's going to win this game. All I know is that I want every piece of this game, much like I would want all of the Kansas City players against Denver. Um, I like Drew Brees. Minnesota is playing much better on defense right now than New Orleans Saints. Um, but I like Drew Brees' production um, all season. He's got a great uh, chemistry with Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara is going to be another uh, sneaky player this week. Not that you wouldn't start him, but one of the things that has been a hindrance for the Minnesota Vikings this year has been when they've had to have a linebacker cover a slot receiver or a running back coming out of the backfield. That's Alvin Kamara. They line him up in the slot all the time. They have him come out of the backfield, uh, much like how the Rams torched Minnesota earlier in the season. I think the Saints could do the same type of damage to the Minnesota Vikings this year or this week. Uh, so I like Kamara. Mark Ingram, I'm a little nervous about. He's a little bit more utilized in the run game. Minnesota's very good against the run. Quality defensive front. Um, I like Kamara way more than Ingram this week. Um, I think Ingram is in my top seven. Or, sorry, Kamara's in my top seven. Ingram, I think, is just outside of my top 15. Um, Michael Thomas, obviously you're starting. Traquan Smith is really a wide receiver four at best. Um, I wouldn't look to flex him at all this week. Um, he's got upside, but outside of that game against the Washington Redskins where he caught two touchdown passes, he has very limited production this season. On the other side of the ball, you're going to start every Minnesota player as well. Obviously, you're starting Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen has been the number one wide receiver in all of football, and it's not even close, especially in PPR leagues. Stephon Diggs, you're going to start. Latavius Murray, you're going to start at the running back position. Um, and then Kyle Rudolph is kind of a toss-up. He's, he's had some good games. And he's had some very bad games. I'm a little surprised with his production considering Kirk Cousins' love of throwing to tight ends when he was at Washington. But right now, just the, the consistency has not been there uh, for Kyle Rudolph so far this season, uh, really only being the tight end. He's tight end 10 doesn't have a touchdown since the game in Buffalo. Um, last week, only one catch, 16 yards against the Jets. He's been averaging around five for 50 uh, before that. But uh, I'm not looking for too much uh, out of uh, Kyle Rudolph this week. I think it's really going to be on Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs uh, in this game to really be the deep threats to challenge the Saints in, in the passing game. Uh, and I think... I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota in this game now that I think about it. They're at home. Uh, they've got the better defense. Both teams are playing very well. Should be a, a very good game to watch um, as, the, as the Sunday night matchup for the week. And then on to the Monday night game, which is probably going to be a game for about five minutes. Uh, New England is clearly going to win this game. Um, I want to kind of knock on wood because I clearly said that when Buffalo played Minnesota, but I don't see Tom Brady losing to the Buffalo Bills. He doesn't lose to the Buffalo Bills hardly at all ever in his career, but the way the Bills are, 
And LaShawn McCoy's status still unknown for, for Monday. He's trending the right way as he's getting limited practice, but he still has not cleared concussion protocol. Um, the only thing that I can think of that would stop New England Patriots production in fantasy this week is that they blow the doors off this game early and then they just run the ball. So to me, James White is a clear top seven fantasy player this week. I think Kenyon Barner has some upside in potentially just being a running uh, player later in the game to ice the game. Um, But James White is clear cut a favorite of mine this week. Uh, Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon are really the only two wide receivers that you're even comfortable with. Uh, Philip Dorsett has been limited. Cordell Patterson has that uh, that punt return or kick return ability, or or a swing route, something like that, or or a uh, end around in a run. But other than that, it's it's really he's got some home run ability, but really it's it's Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon. But I'm not I'm not too sure how much yards there's going to be in this game for the Patriots because I think this game's going to be really dictated in the run as they're going to they're going to own this game early. Um, Rob Gronkowski, I'm nervous about starting. I know he's practicing again, but late last week is when his back issue flared up. And going against Buffalo, in Buffalo, on a Monday night game, they may not need him. Um, so he may play a quarter. And then this game is over, and then they're going to try and save him as much as possible. I don't see the Patriots being dumb with Gronkowski. He may start, may get two catches, maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. But I would feel more comfortable going somewhere else at tight end this week who you think is going to play the entire game. I have Gronkowski, I believe, to double-check my rankings here. Yeah, I have Gronkowski as tight end nine. And from all of the rankers here at Skull King, I have him the highest. Ryan has him at 15, and Aaron has him at 12. So the upside, and once again, these are preliminary rankings. I'm probably going to drop Gronkowski out of the top 12 anyway. But uh, pay attention to how this thing uh, pans out over the weekend. And then for the Buffalo Bills, LaShawn McCoy only if he plays. If you have McCoy and late in the game, late in the day, it's decided that he's not going to play. Hope that Chris Ivory is still there, but I would feel more comfortable not relying on LaShawn McCoy this week. If you've got other players and you can bench LaShawn McCoy this week, do it. If you can't, based off of what you have in your roster construction, based off of bye weeks, if you have to rely on LaShawn McCoy, then you've got to burn one of your excuse me, you got to burn one of your bench spots and you got to pick up Chris Ivory. You just, you have to. Um, because if Sean McCoy doesn't play, Ivory's going to play. I don't think there's going to be much from Marcus Murphy. Ivory has clearly been the, the number two in this offense, especially in the passing game. Um, but once again, I think there's going to be a boat race. I think they're going to have to rely a little bit more on the pass. I think the New England Patriots are a great streaming defense this week because the Buffalo Bills are probably going to throw tons of picks, turn the ball over like crazy, uh, potentially give the New England Patriots, much like the Colts, a bunch of short yardage plays. So obviously the New England Patriots should win this game decisively uh, and then improve to 6-2. and two. And so 
Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, I can't say it enough as to how appreciative we are that you guys listen and subscribe to our show. Um, continue to hit us up on social media, whether that's uh, Facebook. Once again, facebook.com slash Skull King Fantasy Football or on Instagram, instagram.com slash Skull King Football. Our desire is to be the most personal fantasy football advice on the market. Uh, and how we do that is by answering your guys' questions and being able to provide that personalized uh, attention and care that you guys want and desire in fantasy football. Um, and so, once again, we want to thank you for allowing us to do that. Thank you for listening to our show. And we'll catch you guys next week. If you guys continue to have questions, hit us up on social media, and we'll catch you guys next week. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.